Hi guys, I'm doing this podcast on adoption. I am interviewing a lady named Vidya who is based in South London and is currently going through her own adoption journey with her husband. When you become an adoptive parent, there seems to be an endless amount of curious people. Most of them are harmless, just nosy and a little invasive. But on the other hand, some of the questions asked are extremely, extremely sensitive. In this podcast, we are ultimately talking about inappropriate questions faced within the adoption journey. Hi, Vidya. Hi, Trishali. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. Thank you. Okay, so Vidya, can you tell us a little bit of history about yourself? Um, so I moved here about five years back. Uh, so I finished five years in this country in September uh, 2022. So yeah, it's uh, just it's 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 been a journey, obviously, because you move from a very very warm country to a country which is extremely cold, and yeah. uh, you miss your family and those kind of things. But yeah, it's it's been an experience, and I enjoying it some days, some days not so much, but getting there. So yeah, that's just about me. <laughs> okay, and and originally, where are you from, Vidya? So I grew up in Mumbai, uh, always been a Mumbai girl, and I terribly miss that uh, that city, obviously, because it's it's quite like London, cosmopolitan, uh, lots of places to do, uh, eat and do things and stuff. So it's quite vibrant. So uh, yeah, I grew up in Mumbai, always been in Mumbai. Uh, and this is the first time I have ever moved countries. Wow. So yeah, it was quite overwhelming in the beginning, uh, to say the least. <laughs> I can imagine. Okay, and why England, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, so my husband actually was here already, and then uh, the idea was because he's in IT, so it seems the career opportunities in IT sector as better here. So when when we decided to get married, I clearly told him, "I give it two years. If I don't like it, I'm going back. You come or don't." <laughs> so England is just because he was here, and then if he ever moved back, it's going to be Mumbai. Because uh, I, my rule is simple. I give your city uh, a, a good chance. Now, yeah. It's my city. That's <laughs> so fair enough. From, yeah. So though he's from Chennai, but it is going to be Mumbai where I grew up because it's one his chance and one my chance kind of thing. So it's a fair deal, I, I believe. I think that's <laughs> a fair deal. <laughs> yeah, he may not agree, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Vidya, do you have any birth children? Uh, we don't so that was a conscious decision uh, uh a little background to the to, to the decision is because we both grew up in india now uh when you see in india uh destitute children they don't necessarily have all the support that children get here like the council there is social worker it doesn't uh, it all that facilities are not there in india so even growing up i would always uh I had always wanted to adopt uh, and then when me and my husband met uh, and then when we obviously spoke about life and things we would do as couple he also mentioned that oh that was something he had already always wanted and that was uh, then it was like a good match for us that he also wanted that so it was never like convincing each other as to this is something we won't uh, I want to do it was more like this is something we want to do so it has always been a a joint decision uh, there was also a point we also thought about having a biological child but it just made sense to choose adoption as a way of completing our family 
and then we both okay. agreed without any back and forth so that was well that's that's a definite blessing when you're both thinking alike that's true yeah okay and obviously you've started your adoption journey within the uk how mm -hmm. have you found the process and how long has it taken you and what stage are you at uh so we started uh, though we are like i said always from day one of our marriage we wanted to adopt but then obviously moving to this country finding my feet here finding job my own life uh, took a bit time and the adoption itself took a bit backseat also when we started we didn't realize that uh, we cannot we can we cannot directly register with cara being an nri though we both have had indian passport when we started the process we didn't real we didn't uh, kind of calculated or uh, anticipated this part of it we thought okay we just go to india maybe and yeah. we, we actually very were very oblivious to the fact that it takes so long we always thought that yeah in india there are just so many children that uh that need homes and families it would be easy but it was only when we actually started uh, kind of researching and finding information we realized that oh my god it's it's a long long process like long is an understatement so uh, it took us a bit time to even realize that we have to register with a local agency and we cannot register with cara so that took us like uh, two three months and covid hit and then uh, we were moving jobs traveling and covid so it kind of took us took a bit back seat this adoption whole thing and like i said we didn't realize that it would take so long so we were like yeah it will be fine maybe a year or two and we would be okay uh, but then uh, yeah we started uh, june 2021 and uh, now we are registered with cara we have finished our iic process and we registered with cara in october 22 so it's been what 3 4 months um Yeah so that's where we are we are just on the wait list now Okay and how how did you find the process uh, terrible is an understatement it just uh, takes so long uh, though i though i appreciate that they do have to do uh, background verification and all the process that they have to do but this sometimes it feels um they are not really flexible in terms of uh, as in like there are just very strict rules around it like for example we work in private banks and then they wanted a verification from my manager and and i'm like it doesn't work like that in big banks there is like a centralized system where everything is routed like all your job references your financial references for your mortgages visa it's all routed through hr my manager in most cases wouldn't even know my salary um so but then they were like no we want it from manager and so there was literally so much back and forth after a point i would i literally told them that guys this is what i can give take it or leave it kind of because i was just so frustrated so i think there is a lot of uh, uh documentation wise lot of rigidity in the system and it does take long time for uh, things to finish though on paper they say 6 to 8 months but it's almost never that much also because we lived in india so they wanted like a police verification from there now we cannot just travel to india just to get that one document right so things like that take a bit time um uh, but yeah it, it is it is a very long and taxing and emotionally draining process uh, the social workers visit and things though it is definitely needed and it is absolutely must but it does sometimes feel quite overwhelming um, 
you know digging through your past talking about your old traumas and childhood sometimes uh, so yeah it is quite overwhelming exhausting i would say the least <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And and what are the wait times like now? Because I know when we adopted, you know, that the wait times uh, we adopted, we wanted to adopt a zero to two year old child, and I I mm-hmm. know that the wait time slowly went up. We initially were told six yeah. months, and mm-hmm. slowly but surely that wait time went up to two and a bit years. Yeah. What's the wait time yeah. now? Uh, so if you if you um believe the conversation that happens on all those all these groups uh for a healthy child the wait is 3 years uh, upwards of 3 years uh if you are okay with special needs and things then it might be lesser but then i think uh one of the thing that doesn't work for nris or ocis is we don't have access to the caring portal so we we cannot see so even like in our person uh, in our case basically we are quite okay with um any correctable special needs or any special needs that that are not life threatening because we both are quite emotional and that's something we probably uh, would be devastated if something were to happen unfortunate to happen so uh, we ju- we are quite okay with other things uh, so but then we cannot really see the caring portal so we cannot really match ourselves like the domestic uh, adopters so yes the wait time can be upwards of 3 years uh, again depends upon your criteria like if you are very restrictive in terms of if you like you, in india you can choose three states so if you say i want only these states then the wait time can be more because obviously it really depends upon the availability of children in those particular states so we have kept our um, uh, criteria as wide as possible like 0 to 4 year child a manageable special needs is okay uh, all india uh, so we are hoping it works in our favor but fingers crossed let's see <laughs> okay definitely i've i've got my fingers crossed for you guys and thank you have you found that your have you found that your friends and family are supportive of your decision to adopt uh, i think it's quite a mix uh, obviously uh, we we've been here for a long time now and a majority of our friend circle is in here and people here they on your face they would not outright say things but uh, it's yeah i i would say it's a mix uh, it's not really like extreme or not very like you can make out that it's a support uh, supportive word just for the sake of it kind of thing i, I don't think i'm making sense no oh, yeah really? I, i totally oh, get it oh wow really okay good for you kind of a thing not right oh wow guys i'm so happy for you kind of a thing it's not like that so you can you know you can if you know the person you may, you can make out the difference that they're just like oh really mm, mm. yeah good for you kind of a thing yeah, so Yeah totally and and how does that leave you feeling Uh it does uh, it, it definitely hurts because uh, people who like our friend circle we we know for a fact that they are quite educated traveled and uh, have life experiences so you would expect people to think better um, I, i don't know if i'm putting it correctly but just like you know uh be more uh, open and liberal in their ideas but uh, they are not and only then you realize who your true friends are and if they're genuinely happy for you so you know in trying they always say in trying times you would know who you can count on so yeah. that 
yeah so our experience has been like that that we actually know who we should keep close and who we should keep distance from so that has helped in a way <laughs> okay <laughs> and um can you tell me about some of the most inappropriate questions that you face through your adoption journey and who's asked these questions if you're comfortable sharing and how did that leave you feeling yeah so i think one of the first time i think when we both me and my husband when we uh, decided okay let's do this so obviously the first people we told were our families um and it was uh, we always made sure that it's a thing it's a decision we are communicating and it's not open for not open for debate because we knew that if we let that uh, so basically me, me and my husband we are quite, quite headstrong we like to drive our life the way we want and we don't, we leave very uh, less scope for debate or discussion usually so especially because both our families are quite traditional they may they always have certain way they expect things to be done um, which is quite traditional we which we may not necessarily uh, agree with so we always made sure that we uh, we always uh, you know pose as a team in front of them yeah. uh, so that there is not too much intrusion but yeah it was definitely not an easy conversation when we first time when we told our families so um, without naming which side of the family i would say uh, one one comment was like oh you know what this person adopted and the child uh, turned out to be an alcoholic and i'm like no it doesn't work like that uh, so it was quite uh, sad uh, for somebody uh, to say that to a adoptive parent because it's also about upbringing and things right so 100%. like i have seen so many so many people whose parents probably are alcoholic like the fathers are alcoholic but the ch- children turned out to be quite okay so it's just about you as an individual also your upbringing and lots of factors right it just because the child is adopted does not mean the child would turned out to be an addict or something like that right so that was one um another was uh, like my own mother who's a very very traditional lady and uh, been a housewife whole her life and her world revolves around us and the house so she almost though not in um outright uh, words but she did make it sound like uh, like you are a you're a woman and this is like an epitome of womanhood that you have a child and what's the point of life if you can't do that or don't want to do that so though again like i said it's it wasn't very uh, blunt but then she did kind of try to soften it in a way but then i could i couldn't i could understand what she's meaning to say so it was it was quite hurtful because for us it was it was a conscious choice it wasn't something because we couldn't or we didn't or uh, it was always a conscious cho- choice and it does obviously uh, it the things like this when people who are very close to you when they say things like that it it is very hurtful there was also another incident uh, incident i remember wherein one of my husband's friend who's a doctor in apollo she said uh, something like oh i cannot i can never do this and when my husband said uh, you know children are children doesn't matter what they are adopted or biological she was like not really and this person is a doctor and a very senior doctor in chennai working in an apollo hospital so you would 
again, you, considering their education, and you would expect them to behave or think better. Uh, yeah. And then she has, she has always been very vocal about her displeasure, if I may say, with our adoption choice. Uh, so it, it, it just hurts, obviously, because what worked for you may not work for me, right? Like, I can also turn around and say, oh, why don't you adopt instead of saying, uh, why biological child or what? why adopted child, right? That's your choice. You wanted to do that, good for you, right? Yeah, it does feel uh, quite intrusive, inappropriate, and rude in, in a way because I'm, I'm quite a private person. I don't like to comment on people's life choices. So I, I believe in this theory. If, if in, a, in a world where you can be anything, be kind. And I yeah. truly believe that and I try to follow that as much as possible unless you are really terrible to me. So, <laughs> so yeah. but yeah, that's been a journey. And yeah, there have been people who have always said, oh, did you try IVF? I'm like, you don't know anything about my life. And it's not even like appropriate to ask me that, right? Like if I tried IVF, because you don't know what led to this decision. If we, you don't even know if we were even trying right yeah 100% yeah always kind of uh giving suggestion trying to in a way ask oh what was there a problem like did could you not conceive or was there a problem like you know trying to hint at those things trying to get information it's just like this is our choice and Mm -hmm. we are communicating to you believing that you are good friends there is no need for you to go digging for information we don't do that. So I would expect that boundary and I would expect that consideration. But it doesn't happen if common sense was that common. Yeah, I mean, it, it is pretty appalling, uh, you know, uh, just to give you a little insight. We had exactly the same. You know, we, we had people ask me, why can you not have any more children? You know, bearing in mind, we had a biological child, um, you know, asking why don't you try for another instead of adopting maybe adopt the third and, and it doesn't work like that it's a conscious decision we have made as a couple respect it you know yeah. just like we respect your choices in life respect ours yeah. you know yeah. just because they're older older than you or because they're wiser than you they think that they have the right to give you an input on your life and it doesn't work like that and people don't understand that boundaries whether you're traditional or whether you're modern still stand um it's it's just sad that people especially going through the adoption journey are having to face such inappropriate questions um and they're Mm. so unnecessary in my opinion support the couple don't bring them down because like you said the process in itself is tiring exhausting yeah Mm -hmm. you don't need this on top you know yeah, and yeah. would you say you're thick-skinned as a result of this? I do believe because uh, in so be like I mentioned earlier, we both are quite emotional people. But then you know there was a point we really had to kind of you know just tell people to back off. Like even for example, when we were, we used to share our frustration with our family with respect to you know how expensive the process is, how time-consuming it is, how intrusive it is. They would always turn back and say, just have your own, right? Why you have to do all this? And so we kind of 
listen to it one time second time so then third time or when it continuously happened we had to kind of really turn around and say we are just venting we don't necessarily want you to tell us otherwise or tell us that oh why are you doing this then right it just sometimes you just want to vent you don't necessarily want a comment about your life choices right so yes we have become quite a thick skin because you know even when here when we meet our social circle mm. every like we we have quite wide social circle and we meet them quite often and i literally had to tell people that if there is a if there is an update i'll tell you on month on month i have no update for you i literally had to tell people because it's like it's exhausting to tell that in in one month nothing changes and if i'm meeting you like every four weeks or after a month or two and i'm like oh how is it going then after that i meet you again after a month oh how is it going and i'm like it's exhausting for me to talk about it that guys nothing has moved right yeah. so i i literally had to kind of you know be a bit blunt and tell people that i it's a very very long exhausting process and month on month i have no update if anything changes i will let you know and then but then still people probably forget it the next time and then they again i remember literally recently we had like a massive diwali party there were almost like 40 people and we were busy uh, welcoming people and talking to them uh, hosting ensuring the food is in place the music is right the drinks are right and people are oh guys how's your adoption journey and i'm like you know we are amongst 40 people and some of them may not know about it and this is the last thing we want to talk about when we have 40 people around us when we are hosting 100% right? not that, not that we are embarrassed about it but there is a yeah. time and place for things right so we yes we have become thick skin i and i usually do tell people to back off in a polite way obviously not as blunt as they are but yeah yeah, uh, yeah so yeah i usually do try to my husband is a bit more uh, relaxed in this bit and he's like oh people are asking with good intentions and i i don't deny that i do agree that people do but you know you just have, like for example if you are trying for a baby right if and you have communicated that to me how would you feel if month on month i keep asking you oh are you pregnant are you pregnant yeah. every month you wouldn't like that right because some people may really have a difficulty getting pregnant or even keeping Absolutely. it for some time right so how would you feel if i every month if when we meet i ask you oh are you pregnant yet are you pregnant yet right so that's you just kind of it's just about common sense like what you would you like to be asked simply would you like to be asked about these things every month no right so you shouldn't do that to other people right i absolutely agree with you there's a time and a place to ask these questions and i i agree in the middle of a party is not the time and place to ask any sort of question regarding an adoption journey yeah um just going back to these inappropriate questions now obviously you're facing them currently going through the process when your child arrives mm-hmm. you're going to go through more inappropriate questions questions mm-hmm. such as you know if you're if you're adopting siblings for example are they real siblings or um mm-hmm. why did their real parents give them up how much did your child cost because that that is a question we've personally had you know how much how much did she cost you know aren't aren't you afraid that their birth parents will take them back or 
um, are you going to have your own kids now that you've adopted? Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, I just know that you'll get pregnant now because you've adopted and you're, you, you know, you're not worrying about whether you're going to fall pregnant. So you're going to fall pregnant. Or um, mm-hmm. aren't you thankful that the kids have got or the child has got real loving parents? You know, what is yeah. what is your take on that? Those sort of yeah. questions once you've adopted yeah i think uh, like i said my me and my husband we are a very good team and uh, though in the beginning we we wanted to make adoption as uh, we didn't want to uh, hide it from anybody so when we uh, we decided to adopt and we went ahead and uh, registered and started our process we told our all our close friends but then now that we have seen some of them, uh, you know, the inappropriate questions and intrusion and things. So between me and my husband, we have quite uh, in detail, we have discussed about, you know, how things would be and how we need to kind of draw a line as to what they can and cannot ask. And we would always politely make sure that we convey this to them. So, So that's a good thing between us that, like every couple we do have our disagreements about things but when it comes to anybody outside of us we are always a strong team even something as simple as making a plan my husband or me would never just commit we would always say let me ask bhavik he would say let me ask vidya so you know that kind of helps and we have between us we have all we have decided that we would be very blunt because for us our children are definitely always going to be a priority and like i mentioned about our families who are very traditional we don't know anybody in in our family who has adopted so for them it's uh it's a big thing it's something you don't have to do kind of uh, a life choice you don't have to do kind of thing so we have always uh, between us we have decided that if there was like my 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 brother has a child my brother-in-law has a child and we are very clear that if we do see a discrimination between the biological children of the family and our children we won't think twice before cutting the ties off because for us our children comes first they are our priority their mental health their emotional stability uh, and their settling in the family will take priority doesn't matter if we have to kind of limit our exposure to our own parents because like i said they did certain things for their children now we have to do certain things for our children especially knowing that they are adopted so they may have a lot of their own trauma we don't want this discrimination or all these things on them we don't want them to face all that so we are very clear that whether it's my husband's family or it's my family we we would not think twice before like you know uh, like at the moment we go once a year to india we try to at least but then we are happy to kind of not go for a few years if that means our children are protected from that whole and it's not just even family right is the immediate family the extended family right because when we go we do meet all of them because it's once a year we go right so we do travel quite a bit internally to meet all our extended relatives but it means it's going to protect our children definitely we would thing like we would very uh, cautiously think about our trips to India yeah 100% and it's and it's brilliant that you've set those boundaries prior to the child arriving because for me I think that's very important and that's 
you know, that's something I'll take away because that's something I never did. You know, I, I always was positive in thinking when the child's here or when, you know, we adopted Sia, but when she's here, they will love her like their own. And that wasn't the case. You know, she has been mm. treated differently. She, you know, mm. even when she arrived, mm. the weeks leading up to Diwali, she was treated very differently. It was heartbreaking mm. to see, you know, when you, sure. and it's con especially when it's happening in front of your birth child and they see it too. Mm. That isn't okay. Um, you know, we're, we as a couple are a lot stronger now in terms of voicing that that is not okay. And, you know, either it stops or you won't see us. But initially, I think we were just mentally drained from the whole process that mm -hmm. we didn't address it like we should have. And I think it should have been addressed prior to her arriving. Um, what would you, obviously, you're thick skinned. I mean, we're at a stage now where we voice our opinions, mm -hmm. but there are couples going through the adoption journey that aren't as strong as you and I, or mm -hmm. that aren't as strong as voicing their opinions or what they feel or how they're even left feeling by these insensitive questions. What would mm -hmm. you say to those people that are going through that now that aren't strong enough to say stop? Mm -hmm. I think uh, we do have to because adoption is a big life choice and there would always be people around you who would think otherwise that, oh, why not this? Why this? And they will always say like that. right? So mm -hmm. I think for your children's sake, you do have to do it. Uh, because with biological children, it doesn't happen as much. But with adopted children, it may happen, like you said, you shared your own experience. It may happen that the family may discriminate or not treat them fairly. So I think if you are, uh, though I agree that it might not be somebody's nature to be blunt or set those boundaries. But I think for your children's sake, you do have to. Uh, otherwise, it's kind of you are adding Adding a, adding additional trauma to them because I can share my own example. Like I grew up in a very very traditional family, so we were we were treated differently to my brother, right? Now I always have though it's been many many years and things, but I still have that in me that my father treated us differently as girls. You can't do this. My brother was allowed to do everything, so I can I can see from my own experience. Even if you are a very if you are a very young child you do understand these things. You may not know why it is or why this happened, but you would know, you would understand this. And and it's always there in my mind. Like I, I did have to kind of take therapy and stuff to kind of be okay with those things. Now, I don't want my child to go through that. So I would say if you are doing if you're if you're doing adoption and if you're going through this journey and if it's a conscious choice that you are making, you do have to ensure that they are protected at all costs. And yeah, I think that's all I can say. You do have to become thick skinned. There is no choice but to be strong for them. Because if if you don't put a stop to this, it it's for example, if it's happening once in a month, it will happen regularly when when others don't see that boundary set. And you do have to do that. You do have to protect your children and you do have to ensure that people understand that this is not appropriate. Uh, you have no choice. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree with you. You know, I, I, I think it, it's easier said than done, right? Um, you, you will always get people that think they know better. Um, you know, 
we've been quite open about our adoption with Sia because we didn't want mm-hmm. her to hear it from anyone else. And, you of know, course. you do get friends and family that think they know best and will try and talk to your <laughs> child about their adoption. Oh, did you know that you're from India? And she'll respond to say, yes, I do. I know I'm from India, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've always been open. And we've had family say to us, why are you so open with her? Because it, we'd rather it come from us as parents than someone else. And she get heartbroken over it um you know for us I think it's important to be open and honest with the child and I think that's an ethos that they currently do set when you're going through your own adoption journey you know be open and honest with the child as much as you can um what I will say is obviously you've got all of this to come Mm -hmm. in terms of you know when the child's here and having to deal with more more questions and more scenarios um Mm -hmm. is there anyone else that you can you can maybe you can relate to or speak to or you can suggest especially for those that aren't as strong um Mm -hmm. maybe a group or anything like that 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 you're aware of um for those Mm -hmm. to reach out to is there anybody that that they can reach out to that you can think of Oh, absolutely. In fact, I remember when I started my adoption journey, I didn't know anybody personally who has gone through this journey. So I was literally running like a headless chicken trying to find information like how do we Mm. even start? So I kind of rang up counsel. I did multiple things. So when I was struggling to find this information, I thought maybe there is a need to kind of create that group. So I did create those groups personally so there is an uh, whatsapp group that i run uh, and okay. we do meet every quarter we had like a very nice crisp big christmas lunch uh, with all these adoptive parents uh, yeah. so they are basically living in the uk and adopting from india so uh, so there is this whatsapp group there is also a facebook group which is for all the residents of uk doesn't matter which country you are adopting from so i did start these groups and the uh, I, I'm happy to say that people do share a lot of things. They get a lot of support. So in the group, there are a lot of uh, other couples that have, like yourself, who have already adopted. So yeah. your experience and uh, definitely helps when we see children, uh, they, when they share uh, their children's photos and things, that definitely gives us hope. Uh, and and we look forward to those things. So we do. So yeah, I'm I'm happy for anybody to reach out to me. I my husband uh, jokingly calls me like a call center adoption call center <laughs> because I do. Uh, I'm I'm quite active on the other global adoption groups that are there, and I'm happy for anybody to reach out to me. Uh, and I I literally had a call from uh, from a lady yesterday who lives in UK and is kind of struggling to find information, even kind of. Well, you know, in a doubt as to whether biological adoption, and uh, I spoke to her for uh, for an hour and kind of helped us with her with information and things like that. So uh, I have I, I I'm like a big um, vocal supporter of adoption, and I always am happy to speak to people. So uh, yeah, after this podcast, I can share uh, the links of these groups to you, and then maybe that would be brilliant. Yeah, it's just it's just good to have that supporting community uh, because even in terms of documentation and stuff, like for example, uh, they want us to find a notary person, right? Who can do notary? And I'm like, I've never done this. I don't know who would like normal notary is fine, but specific adoption document notary. So I'll just post this post this on the group, and then people like yourself who have done this 
would share yeah. information so it becomes a bit easier right so these groups have been definitely helpful and a big blessing so uh, i always even share it with uh, the information i share it with iac saying if there are new people please introduce or share this information about these groups with them so that there is though iac has massive support there are social workers and stuff but then you know sometimes because the process is so exhausting sometimes you just want to vent right so this groups comes really handy <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And, uh, you know, I think that's a brilliant idea. If you could share the name of those groups, what I will do mm -hmm. is when uploading the podcast, mm -hmm. I will put them on um, mm -hmm. so okay. that people can obviously contact you or contact the groups okay. and, and see how we go. Brilliant. Okay. I okay. Is there anything else that you want to share with you? Just to add to that, these mm -hmm. groups actually are for only registered PAPs, uh, just because people share a lot of personal information, photos of their children and stuff. So I ensure that all people that are that are only registered uh, yes. are part of this group. But if anybody is just looking for information, they can directly reach out to me uh, okay. through WhatsApp or Facebook. And then I'm happy to talk, talk through uh, the adoption process. Brilliant. Vidya, thank you so much for taking the time to do this for me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity and I hope uh, it's 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 more positive experience for adoptive parents because 100%. At the moment, like, like we mentioned earlier, there is a lot of trauma. There is a lot of uh, uh, questions around adoption and I hope people find this uh, useful and how they deal with it. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, exhausting to talk to people. Yeah, and you know, so. like when you're going through the pregnancy you have the support you've got you know like your yeah. your maternity friends and you whisper with adoption there is no such thing no such thing whatsoever you've got your antenatal classes when you're pregnant you've got yeah, all of yeah. that support whereas for here you almost have to look for that support which is so frustrating, frustrating and that should be readily available absolutely yeah and something uh, even something as simple as doing a baby shower right so it's like the biological thing is it's it's uh, celebrated so much so why not adoption yeah. right so absolutely I you know it it's it's frowned upon and you know like i grew okay. up in england i i was born here but it's mm -hmm. so frowned upon. My family are all here. Like it, mm -hmm. I I think I myself was in shock at how frowned upon it was. You know, and Absolutely. it's not openly spoken about. But it's mm -hmm. it's not okay. It's normal. Why yeah, can't people yeah, accept yeah. it as normal? Um, no it's way. it's just heartbreaking. I mean, you know, you and I are just two two branches to a very big tree and hoping to make a change. Let's hope Absolutely. we can make that change. Let's hope, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think just just to add to that uh, a last bit, I think we as a couple, uh, I think adding to your earlier question about how do you deal, how do you become thick skin for people? I think as a couple, you really mm. have to have these hard conversations that how are you going to deal with it? Because, uh, you know, if, if it happens that one person is okay with this thing and the other is not, then yeah. people see that gap and people try to kind of, you know, poke nose where they think it's okay to do. Like, for example, if my husband is very chilled out, they will say things to him in front of yeah. me, not necessarily to me, because if I'm like very particular about what people say and if I'll tell them to back off. So I think as a couple, you really have to have this hard conversation before even you start the journey that how are you going to deal with it, right? 
Uh, 100%. People will take advantage of it. People will in, intrude and, you know, those things. So I think as a couple, you really have to show that uh, it's a it's a joint front and it's a... Absolutely. Yeah, you can't, you can't I, go behind each other's backs to kind of yeah. tell things. But the thing is, Vidya, you shouldn't even have to do that. You shouldn't have to That's show true. a joint front. You know, it it should be a given. You should be able to be comfortable around those that care about you and that those that you love. But unfortunately, it is those gaps that people are looking at to weaken you as a couple in your journey. Absolutely. And in fact, what they should be doing is showering you with love and mm-hmm. positivity Absolutely. through your journey. Um, Absolutely. But Which like I not said doing. earlier, <laughs> but like I said earlier, com- I I wish common sense was that common, but then unfortunately yeah. it's not. So no. So yeah, you just have to do more efforts and put in more hard work. Uh, yeah. Though it's not necessary, like you mentioned, but yeah, you do have to because not everybody is as nice as you would like to believe <laughs> yeah uh, you know uh, you know like i like i said it's it's a small change that we're asking for let's hope that we can get there <laughs> yeah i hopefully yeah, hopefully <laughs> let's try from whatever yeah. we can from our side absolutely well thank you again vidya 